welcome one and all to EG Like Christmas Morning, our special end of year podcast roundup. The name may have been too tempting to resist, but you don't need to celebrate Christmas to enjoy our review of the momentous year that was 2022. Uh, we at EG are, of course, open to everybody. Everybody that is with an above average interest in the real estate industry. Speaking of such idiosyncratically discerning types, I am delighted to be joined by three of the most knowledgeable in the field. Editor Sam McClary, Deputy Editor Tim Burke and News Editor Pui Guan Man to dissect the last 12 months and look ahead to what 2023 has to offer. But first, I should ask, uh, how are you all on this fine Christmas morning? Very, very festive. Thank you. That's very uh, excited about, haven't unwrapped the presents yet, Jess, I can't tell you what, what we've got, but very excited to get is that, is that a later, the paper. A later in the day tradition in the McClary household. It's so. take the dog out first yeah. and then unwrap. And Tim, uh, as the... <laughs> As the only one of us who is, uh, I am going to be charitable and say blessed uh, with uh, little darlings. Uh, how early do they tend to drag you out of bed on Christmas Day? They've got better. It's normally about about seven or eight o'clock. That's, that's fine. Like bad. years years back, it would be getting up at one o'clock, three o'clock, asking if it was time to open everything then. Um, but over the last couple of years, I think that we've been putting them to bed a little bit later. That we're all right. We get a decent so, line, seven, eight. It's fine. Christmas for you is now just a normal working day. Pretty much. Effectively. Yeah. yeah. Right. Je uh, Jess, I fear that you and I may have it worse as being parents of cats. That's true. Uh, my cat so, wakes <laughs> me up at five o'clock every morning, scratching uh, the wall yeah. behind my head. Absolutely. Say. Five five on a good day. Ours, ours yeah. target the wardrobes. Uh, oh. Yeah. Uh, terrible. Uh, Our okay. listeners can't see your great mind. No, scratching the wardrobes. Like that great. was wonderful, though. That is a shame. Uh, but you can, you can picture it, hopefully, at home. Um, Jess is okay. also wearing a cat onesie, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> um, With so. paint, painted on whiskers. It's, it's a sight to behold. If uh, Maybe we should look at doing video in future. Who knows? Um, OK, on to business. Uh, what a year, eh? Uh, after 2020 and 2021, and um, to be honest, pretty much every year, since the nightmare that was 2016, uh, we were crossing our fingers that we had turned a corner and a bright future might lie ahead. So much for hopes and dreams, eh? <laughs> Jess, I'm really um, grateful that you've helped listeners know that 2022 <laughs> comes after 2021 <laughs> and 2020. It's, I like it's, to think that we provide a service. Yeah, you, it can't, has been, you can't argue with it. It's maths. It's it, it's just a fact. Yeah. Is it math? Is it math? Well, is time numbers? math? Numbers? I'm better time with words, really. Is time math? Who says we don't ask the big questions? <laughs> is time oh, maths? Well, you've got you've got the headline there sorted for this, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. So, um, Tim, uh, we'll, we'll start with you because for our, our our final print uh, issue of the year, you did a, a month by month review. Uh, of the year and, and and things things were actually pretty positive back in January weren't they so can you sort of cast your mind back a little bit to, to some of those early year success stories for 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 literally entire days things felt reasonably um <laughs> reasonably optimistic it was it was honestly it was it was bizarre looking back at just how much the industries had thrown at it over the course of um, over the course of a year. I mean, we were talking about inflation and what was happening with costs early on, but to then have to move on through um, 
through the impact of the war in Ukraine, through the there's no other word for it, shitstorm that happened in our political system and government, and then what's been happening with the economy throughout, in in large part due to aforementioned shitstorm. Um, the industry has just had so much to deal with that in almost all instances has been completely outside of its control. And so it has had very few levers to pull to deal with it. It really does, when you look at everything in totality, feel like a another absolute shocker of a year. But you're right, in January, I think people were, <laughs> people were hoping for a moment there that much of the the, the worst had um, had passed. Maybe got a month and a half of that of that feeling anyway. Yeah, because you know rents were high and deals were being done, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were. And and look, deals deals still will be done. There's always going to be an opportunity for somebody to um, for somebody to make money, no matter um, no matter how bad the the big picture looks. Um, but we're certainly it certainly feels like we're ending the year with um, with a very different feeling to this time last. I think it was, wasn't it? In January, it's like, well, hey, we're out of COVID. Let's all COVID. let's all go. And now it's like, ooh, let's just sit and think, think for a little <laughs> while before we before we spend that money or um, make that decision. But you know, as as Tim says, you know, sort of leases lease terms come to an end, and something either needs to be renegotiated or a new place taken. So the the market won't stop. It will just be. A little bit more considered perhaps and I think it you know the time of of proper under, understanding and and proper due diligence will will be back at back again so I think it you know the last quarter of the year has been very slow investment wise hasn't it but we've certainly um although you know still still deals deals happening and albeit with quite large renegotiations but yeah, from a leasing perspective, we've certainly been writing lots of stories about um, new deals being being signed and there being sort of plenty of occupational activity. Yeah, I think uh, anyone yeah. who the arguments around the death of the office were definitely premature. I think you can see that now. But it, having said that, st it's still looking very different. I mean, a lot of these deals that that we are writing about and which are great deals and which landlords will still love to have secured and agents will be um will be making their cut from they are for less space than a lot of these companies were were taking before so things are things are shifting but those conversations i feel that we were having a couple of years back about is this the end for companies needing um needing a bricks and mortar home have been shown yeah not to be not to be true uh, but the, the emphasis is uh, this year, and we've talked about this many times, is very much on quality, isn't it? The flight to quality. If I had a penny for every time an agent <laughs> had the flight to quality. <laughs> flight quality, uh, death of office. the office. We should do well, a... Um... Been some of the bus, bus phrases of 2023. You know, they, they always have that that what, what word or phrase has been added to the dictionary, don't they, at the, the end of the yeah. year. So maybe, yeah, we should... We should uh, see what's been added to the property lexicon. That's Lens of ESG. But, there's another one. <laughs> um, what else has there been? Flight quality. That is one, oh. isn't it? Death of the office. Lens of ESG. Got to be some more. Um, I'm sure some will come to us as, as we as we carry on uh, our, our tour through I the year. I feel like we don't we don't use unprecedented enough anymore. That was my jam <laughs> for uh, for quite some time. But, doom uh, and gloom that's now your jam doom though, and gloom is it? now my jam 
Yeah. Are you starting to feel like we li- we now live in precedented times, Tim? Yes, the, the times have never been more precedented. <laughs> um, and uh, obviously, you know, uh, different sectors are, are affected to different extents by by what we've all gone through. So, so what would you say have, have been uh, some of the the more strong performers and, and who's been the most badly hit? Well, I think um, the office, as we've mentioned, is not dead, but it's taken quite a beating, especially mm. if you're um, a not very a uh, nice office not well laid out not very environmentally friendly not in the right part of town um, particularly if you have a, a a not so great epc rating as well uh-huh. <laughs> yeah 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 well it's going to be a tough tough year for you next year if if that's the case and but and i, and I think and we can speak more to this than i can but i mean re- retail because it has repriced so much it's had all its pain is actually now not looking that bad and I know Pui you were out in Mappet just uh last month and I guess the it's probably been a long time since people have felt quite positive about retail but were people smiling not just because they're in the south of France in November but the <laughs> market was looking all right filling, filling themselves yeah. with Swedish pastries <laughs> well yes that too that that was a definite bonus um yeah no I mean as you were saying Sam given retail had already been readjusting so much before COVID and during uh, the pandemic you know it's arguably I think got itself on a more stable footing than a lot of its um sort of peers uh sector wise uh um you know so I guess we'll we'll have to see how it fares next year I mean MAPIC it, it I'm not gonna lie it was a little bit subdued but it was still you know miles better than than it was last year and and really a better turnout than anyone that was expecting from from the UK um so yeah there were there was definitely a bit of cheer and and smiles on on faces and all that so um so yeah yeah it, it's an interesting one because while um obviously retail um is having that uh, moment logistics have had a tougher time of it you know cooling off after a, a period of, of sort of record uh, yield compression and and such high demand um unprecedented that was ah well there we are exactly um but then you know a lot of people think that last mile demand is going to sort of keep keep the sector ticking along and um and yeah rental growth is still sort of on the cards um on that front largely because of that so so it's not all is not totally doom and gloom to to coin a phrase that we've used several times (laughs) so far today uh and it seems from 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 chatting with our our colleague evelina through the year that the, the life sciences sector seems still to be pretty robust yeah, I, I guess think so. Huge demand. Yeah, demand still huge. Supply still still really tight. Still waiting for the Shaftesbury Capco announcement that they're turning Covent Garden. I'm going to keep repeating this until it becomes a real thing. <laughs> uh, turning Covent Garden into the latest life sciences hub. Um, <laughs> yeah, that market is still that market is still really hot. I think there were a lot of questions over whether government support of those industries was where it needed to be to um, to keep the real estate assets on track, but the demand, you know, particularly in that golden triangle of um, of London, Oxford, and Cambridge, still seems just so high when you look at the stats and what's coming through in the pipeline is so little, and and it would take such a a, a sort of quantum um, quantum leap, great show, to uh, to um, to get enough space for for occupiers that are looking for it. Um, 
you can imagine that that that, that trajectory is just is just going to continue. I can't see anything dampening that quite yet. And I would just add to that and say, um, well, our our team has done an amazing job breaking a lot of exclusives on the sort of uh, uh, life sciences uh, leasing front. And um, really interesting to see that um, a lot of those are about central London deals and the movement towards uh, the, the, you know, um, the capital. So that will be a really interesting trend to, to keep an eye on going into next year. Uh, and uh, Tim, when when Covent Garden does become a life sciences hub, will there still be living statues? Um, yes, almost certainly. It's going to be one of the major selling points of that, um, of that as a hub. <laughs> <laughs> good. good. Um, uh, another major growth area, not as big as life sciences, is is the film studio development. Mm. We've seen so much uh, investment going into into that by some big big players as well, and that you know it's one of the like um, science and the sort of no- power of knowledge that we have in the in the UK, one of the things that we are good at is creating uh, movies and shows. We didn't create Quantum Leap, I don't think, um, which Nothing is else. a miss. Nor, nor, nor have we shown the reboot, uh, which is which is. Is there a my, reboot? One of one of my frustrations of 2022. Uh, there's been a whole season of a re. Of, well, it's actually a sequel. It's a sequel. Uh, a kind of what? Uh, sequel reboot uh, but we've no one's shown it here yet and it's it's outrageous so you know okay well if you're let's listening, start a campaign if you're right listening here. all uk <laughs> channels and streaming services by quantum leap uh, anyway, but yeah, but but i think film, you were making anyway, a point, tan- that was a tangent <laughs> yeah the f- film studios a huge opportunity there and some really interesting players in that in that market um and an opportunity yeah an opportunity for um, sort of the UK to really show its strength in those creative, creative sectors. So I definitely want to watch there as well as as life sciences. Still waiting for for Sam to create the the Hollywood correspondent role uh, here at EG. Um, maybe maybe that will happen in 2023. Um, obviously, uh, the last year has been a year first of celebration, but then of morning uh for for our queen uh with with uh, her platinum jubilee in june uh, followed uh sadly by her death in september and and, and uh tim i imagine it was it, it was interesting to cast your mind back to those months and and look back on the extensive coverage that we we had uh from the real estate sector uh, for each yeah so well the, my um particularly around the the jubilee going back into our archives to look at eg's coronation edition was um that that was a real treat pulling out the dusty leather-bound tomes of eg's of decades gone by um is um is always and of a, course and of course our, our radio edition that we unearthed uh, the, the the reels the reels of tape with our with our radio edition from from 1953 as well that was, I, I've that, was that. That, that really was a highlight of the year <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, and of course, uh, uh, around that similar time, we had uh, a fair amount of political chaos uh, that led uh, to, to Boris Johnson's resignation and a, a rather fast turnover of prime ministers. It, uh, if there's one thing that real estate doesn't like, it's uncertainty, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And that was quite that was quite a period for it. Um... It still doesn't feel entirely like we're out of the woods, but I think um, I, I think people at least are, are thankful that that um, yeah that period from the summer is is behind us. But you're right; it just means back to Sam's comment earlier about people pressing pause 
on investments, um, rethinking what capital they're going to put to work where. It, no one can make those calls in a period like we saw around um, Johnson's resignation. Um, the the race to become his successor and then the, the disastrous mini budget after that. You, you simply, you any decision maker with money to put to work in in real estate is is going to shy from making a making a big call um, around moments like that. So it it can only that can only hurt her activity. And I, sorry, gone. Tim. I was just going to say I heard because um, I think you're you're right. It was very um, it was massively damaging for an already damaged UK UK at that point. But then. I was speaking to some people who, um, some overseas investors who actually looked upon that time and not favourably, but not as badly as as we did internally saying, well, actually, that this is why we like to invest in the UK, because if something goes wrong, you fix it really quickly. Whereas in many countries around the world, a, a Liz Truss would have stayed in power for a yeah. long, a long time, even though everyone knew that they should definitely not be there and that they were damaging the, con- the country. We work really quickly to go, you're out and, and fi- fix it, whether it's fixed or not. But we we make change and that um, ability to, to react is something that people um, still still value for the UK and see us as a place that doesn't let um, too many idiots run the show for too long. That's Shame we haven't responded yeah, with so similar... It wasn't as bad as I as it as it felt in the um in the middle of it then. I think we haven't quite responded with similar speed to Brexit, but uh, there <laughs> yeah. we go. That's a that's a debate for a different podcast. Um, and uh, another another of the big phrases of, of the of, of the year is is levelling up, and 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 that agenda has uh, kind of almost hit the rocks a little bit with all the the turmoil. Um. I guess it, the term has, I suppose, but I always think that actually the um, the private sector will get on with levelling up anyway. I don't think that I don't think the government has, will, or can really help with with that unless it devolves power to to mayors across the across the country. And maybe it will maybe it will do more of that. Maybe it won't. But there is. The real estate sector in particular, private sector, can get on and level up whatever you call it, inclusive growth, whatever it needs to do without the government, uh, you know, pushing out a however many page document of guff out to out to the <laughs> to the, the market. We can it can just get on and, and do it. So I don't know that it's. Yes, there's no you know funding is poor and policy is poor but actually you know go and make a place take investment to it create communities do whatever you need to do and that you don't need the government for for that michael goff uh so that could be what you call him from now on sam uh, <laughs> um so how would you all sum up uh, the state of the real estate market as we approach the end of 2022 I think we're seeing um, something of a reset. I think that I think what people are waiting for at the moment, and it's a fr- again another phrase that's being used a lot, is um, the pricing discovery. People have had people have had pause pushed on a um, on a number of deals. 
we've had a lot of transactions that are getting renegotiated. I think everyone's waiting and it, it, it's not going to it's not going to happen when the, the, the clock ticks over in, into the first of Jan. But people are waiting to see where prices across these different asset classes settle. And some degree of um, a, a, a track record in deals that are getting done that let us know what events of of the last few months and expectations for what now happens in the macro picture into 23 mean for mean for values. Would you you con- concur with that, Sam? Pui? Yeah. Look, I think it's a the you know the year has not ended like it started but it's you know this is the real estate industry it's it's cyclical things go up and down which isn't a circle but you know what I mean um (laughs) we go we go through phases and it's going to be it's going to be some tough tough times but there there will be opportunities things will be repriced they get repriced all the all the all the time and we'll move forward and then things will go up up again that's just it's just how it how it is, but there, you know, this time I suppose there will be quite a large percentage of the workforce that has never seen tough tough times, has only been operating in that in that boom market. So there's going to be a lot of learning, I think, that is required over the next year or two that we that we um, sort of readjust to 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 life and you know it's probably never going to be as good as it was I doubt we're going to see interest rates at a quarter of a percent or whatever they got got down to ever again and should we should we anyway was that you know were we living in a in a world of of free free money for for too long so yeah I think it's it's readjustment on price it's readjustment on outlook and there's a and it's that sort of educational piece for for the next generation coming coming through to understand that um life isn't always a fairy tale so merry christmas <laughs> <laughs> um and just for each of you what 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 are your expectations for for things what will happen in 2023 and with your your very rosiest spectacles on what would you like us to be talking about on eg like christmas morning next year to have happened in 2023. Uh, Sorry, Sam. No, you. No, please. After you. I was going to say. Um, I think we're already seeing a lot of talk about um, the axe falling, particularly in agencies and and cost cutting getting underway. I think we've we've talked a lot in the past about lessons from COVID, and I think some of the cuts that we saw when the pandemic hit, arguably, um, arguably were too great. And then we've seen even within these couple of years, um, attempts to to build back out parts of um, parts of business that were that were perhaps slashed too greatly. So I would I would hope that some lessons have been learned from that and that despite the pressures that businesses are going to face going into next year. um, We don't see too great a loss of talent as companies make what will be pretty tough decisions around around staffing requirements about which bits of which bits of the business um need that headcount to be kept that's mine okay who's next 
Oh, well, so Sam, sorry, I thought you were going to go after him. <laughs> I can go, I don't mind. I mean, it, it sounds a lot, I mean, it might sound a lot like I'm, I'm, uh, you know, repeating already what uh, Sam and, and Tim have, have put so well already, but um, it has been such a weird, rocky year on, on sort of both a macro and political level that, you know, really I just hope for a bit more stability and certainty and less fewer surprises um, next year so that deals can actually uh, get done. And um, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, there is a kind of, an, it's been said there's a new economic age upon us really, isn't there? That's um, one that's more dictated by income uh, than returns. So I reckon it's just something that investors will hopefully get comfy with um, next year. And, you know, it's been said already, but what with the huge repricing uh, going on, that should present loads of opportunities for investors. So hopefully we'll ride it all out. And this time next year, there'll be some uh, some juicy deals that we can talk about again. And, um, you know, who knows? Um, so for me, with a journalistic hat on, I hope that the um, the pain and torment continues because it makes for... Um, uh, <laughs> It makes for it makes for great stories because people have to do some have to do something and there is people have to be smart and um, you know there are always uh, interesting stories to to cover rather than um, all of the good news good news stuff all the time which we love of course but it's just not as fun um, uh, but uh, that that aside I guess where I'd like us to be sat and what I'd like us to be talking about. Um, this time next year is we talk about value in real estate in a very different different way. We understand the value that this sector brings in terms of what it can do for people and and place. And you know we had we've had some really big conversations with big thinkers over the over the past year talking about you know purpose, about being bothered about what you what you do. Um, and you know, sort of caring about the impact that that has on the the people that you um, interact with, that you influence, that you touch through through real estate. We all use it every single every single day of day of the year in some way, shape, or form. So, I hope that we're sat here talking about that more next year, and we and we're doing that from a position of inclusivity not just diversity inclusivity is you know this this industry has got quite far on the diversity bit but you know as we see from from stories that are still being shared around the inclusive part of that is not not yet fixed uh, and it's not it won't be fixed by by next year but hopefully we nudge closer and closer and more and more people in the sector take that seriously call call out bad behavior and celebrate celebrate the good um so that would be my rose tinted view on where i'd like us to be a, a, a fine mix of skepticism and and, and rose tintedness sam and as, as <laughs> sam has intimated there is a reason why journalists leave good news stories till the end uh, so to, to to complete our discussion of of the year uh, and end things on a, on a nice positive moment um what have been some of your favorite things at eg this year be they uh, news stories or interviews or features events what what has kept you smiling through 2022 for me Nothing. my, fa my <laughs> favorite my favorite eg interview which was sam's sit down with greg's <laughs> 
It was a long time coming, <laughs> like queuing for a for fresh a steak bake. <laughs> but I was, and I again, was, like a fresh, like a freshly, um, a freshly made steak bake, it was worth the wait. You love a steak bake, don't you? I still not had had one. Do you love a steak bake? No, or? I'm more um, a sausage, bean and cheese melt. Fan. Oh, wow. All I've had from a Greg's is the coffee, which I was, um, for its cheapness, um, I was very impressed by the flavour. Um, that was fun, um, a fun interview. My um, my favourite's easy. So there are two, two things that I get to do every year that um, bring me absolute joy. Uh, one is the EG Awards. Um, I love being up on stage there and uh, and uh, being able to have um, pretend I'm Eva Perón for a for a second and do a big speech um, uh, and celebrate the good in the industry. So that always brings me great joy. And then it's of course the Future Leaders program, which continues to go from strength to strength and just highlights. You know that there is hope. There is hope out there because there are some phenomenal individuals in all sorts of different companies across the built environment that that care, that are bothered to um, steal from Richard Upton and want to want to do things better. So, like if if we do if we listen to more of them and we have more of that, then everything will be okay. I think. Yeah, well, I mean, I I feel awkward now because I've I've sort of had thought of some that not necessarily ones that will make people smile, but ones that are more kind of um, maybe a bit more downbeat. And if I'm dragging the tone down again, but um, <laughs> but, um I have to say, like the the ongoing saga around the um, Marble Arch M and S uh, flagship redevelopment and how that's continued to unfold this year has probably been one of the more interesting and profound mm. uh, discussions that have been uh, taking place. And it ties into one of my other um, favourite pieces of the year, or favourite because of its sort of how profound it is and actually quite powerful, uh, less so that uh, for, for making people smile. But that is uh, the piece by Sam, which found in September that, um, you know, that about 16 billion of rental income could be wiped out by the impending changes to, to EPC rules. And I think that's just a really powerful finding that highlights the the huge challenge that the sector um, has uh, is facing at the moment. And again, sorry to add a bit of gloom <laughs> to the festive proceedings, but I think that is um, another really um, big theme uh, for, for next year and one that I hope that the industry rises to, to the challenge of. Um, and in terms of of exclusives. I mean, it happened on so early on the year now that it doesn't, it almost feels like a distant memory. And I know I'm also biased given my specialism in, in retail, but um, CBRE's takeover of CWM uh, niche agency took the industry uh, by surprise. And I think even I'd go so far to say that it bolstered the sector quite a bit um, when it happened. And that was quite fun and rewarding to to see. And um, And yeah, I don't know. I guess I'll I'll wrap it up there. But yeah, <laughs> people people can smile for many different reasons. And if if EG's news editor can't take a little bit of pleasure in a major headline, then who can? <laughs> frankly, <laughs> uh, okay. So it wouldn't be EG like Christmas morning, or indeed EG like Sunday morning, without a quiz, would it? I no, prepared no. for you. <laughs> yes, one point to me. No. 
<laughs> no, wouldn't be. No. So I've prepared a, a, a special quiz uh, of the year through a diary lens. So we, we have we have 12 questions. Oh, and this, right. is, this is how it's going to work. Uh, we obviously we don't have the budget for buzzers. That's not been approved yet. I'm hoping it will come through in time for next year. But what I want you to do is if, if when you know the answer to the question, if you want to come in and answer. Mm. So, Tim, yeah. I want you to say baubles. OK, baubles, baubles. OK, yeah. Uh, Pui, uh, I want you to buzz in by saying crackers. Got it. And Sam, I want you to buzz in by saying stockings. <laughs> so it's baubles, crackers, stockings. They've all got to be this plural. I, I, I want to be fair. They all had to be two syllables. Uh, <laughs> plurals. Yeah. I mean, that's got slightly different connotations, hasn't it? You can say stocking if you think if you think there's a there's an entendre to be found. Uh, I mean, it, Tim's uh, saying baubles, so. <laughs> And you you're, just, you're just looking. You're just looking now for a bottle these are all, of these, aren't you? <laughs> these are all normal, everyday Christmas words. I don't know what 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 your problem could possibly be. Baubles, crackers, or stocking. stocking. Still two syllables. That's fine. Mm. Um, so we'll start uh, kicking things off. Question one: In our very first issue of the year in January, uh, we said a not so sad goodbye to a regrettable landmark. Uh, which will forever be associated. Oh, stockings. <laughs> uh, I heard baubles first. Uh, bu uh, baubles, Tim. Um, Marble Arch Mound. It is Marble Arch Mound. It is, and I was about to say it will forever be associated with a much more fondly remembered former colleague. Uh, so the uh, Marble Arch Mound closed no to the fond public. Memories of him. Oh, <laughs> oh. If, if you're listening, Alex. No, that's a lie. We do have fun memories. He won't be listening. Surely he's he's made a fortune on crypto in the, in the last twelve months and has retired retired young. Um, uh, question two: In February, uh, we welcomed Stuart Andrew into the role of housing minister, uh, with little concept of quite how fast the revolving door would spin for the rest of the year. Andrew was, of course, the second housing minister to serve in 2022. Uh, taking over from Chris Pincher, but how many held the position in total this year? Oh, oh. oh no, go on. no, 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 game of play your housing ministers right which of course was a very successful yeah. format uh, we, we, we we treated listeners to earlier in the year where we discovered uh, that Emily Wright has a, a frankly astonishing knowledge of the duration of of housing ministers so Tim uh, you know the rules of uh, play your housing ministers right I, 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 give you, I didn't play it, but I'm, I, okay, I can't I will, imagine this is going to be that taxing to get up to okay speaking. I will give you the first the, the, the housing minister who started the year yeah, uh, and oh, then I will give you their lower? successor. Exactly, yeah, I'll give you their successor, and you have to tell me were they higher or lower? Did they serve okay. longer or shorter? Higher or lower? Okay, so we obviously we started uh, with. Uh, Sorry, Pincher. Jess, shouldn't these be Christmas themed words, like for higher or lower? Uh, I'm uh, sorry. Is it only me playing, or is it? Uh, this is I can chaos. So I, <laughs> it is only you playing. This is this is a quick you could for you. you could have. Uh, ho, um, ho, ho, rain, snower. Uh, reindeer. Will anyone still be listening to this? This has been going on for over 30 minutes now. 
Rules yes, of you know. <laughs> people still still got an hour or two before their their lunch. Uh, okay, so Tim, we're going to stick to higher or lower, otherwise otherwise chaos will ensue. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so we start with Pincher. Yeah. Uh, is Andrew higher or lower? Um, lower. Correct. Uh, Pincher served for just under two years. Uh, Andrew served for just under five months. Okay. Uh, do you know the name of the next one? No. Uh, Marcus Jones, higher or lower uh, than uh, Stuart Andrew? Lower. Uh, you are correct, just under two months. Okay. Lee Rowley, higher or lower than Marcus Jones? Lower. Correct. It's, it's quite an easy quiz, this one, really. <laughs> one month and a couple of weeks or so. And finally, Lucy Fraser, higher or lower than Lee Rowley? Already higher, then. It is already higher. She, yes. she served two months. Uh, congratulations uh, to Lucy Fraser, and may even. Oh, well, you're going to say to me because I got <laughs> them all right. Well, yeah, you've 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 got three 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 marks from two questions, which is 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 impressive, Tim. That's okay, nice. question three: Who played the starring role of Adam Newman in We Crashed, the Apple Plus dramatizations? Crackers. Crackers. We. I think it's, is it Jared Leto? It is Jared Leto. Yeah, so that's the Apple Plus dramatisation of the rise and fall of WeWork uh, that aired in March. Has any, anyone watched all of it? No, sadly not. Any of it. It's on the list. I professionally the list. watched the first two episodes uh, for diary purposes. It was very, very good, um, <laughs> but have not uh, have not yet uh, seen the rest. OK, April now. Who opened Meta's King's Cross office uh, a few months before their calendars became a bit too busy for that kind of ribbon cutting? Crackers. Crackers. I'm just going to take a punt. Um, uh, Prince William. <laughs> uh, close, but not quite. Ooh. Does anyone else want to buzz in? Stockings, the other one. King Charles. <laughs> uh, it, is, it was indeed Prince Charles and Camilla uh, opened. So quite a quite a score for Meta in April. Uh, in May, uh, we celebrated the best corporate rebrand since Abaddon. But which company swapped the order of the two words in its name? Baubles. Baubles, he's red hot. He's red hot on this today. Um, uh, go on. Argent related. Becoming became... related Argent. <laughs> Indeed it did. Well done, Tim. So that's four to Tim, one to Puy, one to Sam. Can anyone catch him? Uh, okay, in June, in the wake of Boris Johnson's confidence vote, uh, we, uh, in the form of peers, uh, rushed straight down to the bookies to check the odds on next prime minister. Who was the favourite at five to one? Crackers. Crackers. It wasn't, it wasn't Keir Starmer, was it? It was Keir Starmer. He was the favourite. Can can you, uh, for a bonus point, can you name who uh, was the second favourite at six to one? Favourite. Um, uh, I'm going to say Gove. Uh, at that point, Jeremy Hunt was the Tory ah. club leader at six to one. But uh, four to Tim, two to Puy, one to Sam. Okay. Where, did the where did the lettuce come? <laughs> uh, probably I, higher. We did we did check Nadine Dorries and she was something like two hundred and nine to one. So I suspect the lightest was higher than that. Funnily enough, um, on that podcast, um, I my punt was um, was Liz Truss and everyone laughed at me. <laughs> and, yes, and who's laughing now? Thank you very much for giving her the publicity. Please. Well done for taking credit for that. It was all because of me. <laughs> uh, okay. Property consultancy Vale Williams announced uh, 
in July that it had recruited a Commonwealth Games gold medalist as a building surveyor. Uh, but what sport did Callum Maynard compete in? The crackers. Crackers. Um, <laughs> um, uh, curling? I have no idea. Not curling, sadly. <laughs> Does anyone know? I don't even know if that's a Commonwealth sport. I also feel that buzzing in with crackers when you clearly hadn't even decided what you were going to guess, that is just not cricket. That was <laughs> not a good, that was, that, come on. Um, ah, curling. <laughs> come on, man. Um, OK, I'll, I'll put you out of your misery. Uh, it is fencing. OK. Summer brought to an end 56 years of hurt uh, as the England women's team lifted the Euro 22 trophy. But in August, uh, the Headingley branch of which fast food chain renamed itself Lucy's after former employee and leading lioness Lucy Bronze? Stockings. Stockings. Is it our favourite? Was it Greg's? It wasn't Greg's. Oh. It would have been. It would have made Damn sense. Damn you, it, Greg's. Uh, was Crackers just behind there? Yeah, it was. But that was going to be my guess as well. So I'm oh, just so going the to. The way is clear. The way is clear for baubles. Oh. Can baubles take it? I'm going to go with. Leon? Uh, no, it was Domino's. Domino's. Oh. Okay, in September, uh, our fun was, of course, curtailed as we paid our respects to Her Late Majesty. However, later in the month, we did find time for a new, highly irregular feature. Who has Peter Bill accidentally followed on Twitter? Uh, Peter traditionally has zero accounts followed, but sharp-eyed uh, Tim Burke uh, spotted this rose to a single one in September. Who was the lucky followee? Crackers. Crackers. It was uh, Jim Armitage. It was indeed. Well done, Pui. So that's four to Tim, three to Pui, and one to Sam, I think. Uh, I should I should be keeping better track of this. but uh, Okay. Rumours spread of a supersized Leicester Square branch of which high street household what? name in October? Stockings! <laughs> <laughs> uh, stockings! I wish I had VAR. I'm not quite sure who. I, I mean, I, I was. I, I think Sam's mouth opened first, but sound yeah. came from somewhere else. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give it to Sam. Uh, bearing in mind her answer to the previous question, which she was the first to give the answer. I, yeah, um, I will repeat the answer to my previous question, which is Greg's. It, it's the answer to most of most questions fielded towards you, isn't it, Sam? It is. Honest. It is. <laughs> Uh, okay, four, three, two. November. Hang on, you've got to finish the answer. Oh yes, sorry, uh, I do. Well, <laughs> well done for keeping me in line as always. Uh, yes, uh, rumours spread of a supersized Leicester Square branch of Greg's in October when an extra zero was added to its floor space by a non-real estate specialist journalist. Uh, November now. And what did a landy boss Mark Robinson wear on his feet? Stop Stockings. He did not wear stockings. That's completely incorrect, Sam. Uh, <laughs> he did so have stockings on. <laughs> uh, did. What did he wear on his feet, Sam? Fish flops. Fish flops. Correct. Four, three, three. This is this is epic. It's going into the final question. Uh, Tim, you you you're you're the Argentina to everybody else's France. Can you <laughs> cling on? Can you cling on in the penalty shootout? Uh, and finally, in December, a festive Thanks. staple <laughs> made Stocking. its nine-annual. A festive, <laughs> a festive staple made its night annual appearance. Well done to anyone who has tuned in through all of this. Uh, 
on the diary page, but which Christmas TV slash film home was named as the most valuable? Baubles. Baubles. Um, um, I forgot the family name, the McAllisters in Home Alone. Ah, Tim looked at the photo but didn't read the story. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't even look at the photo. It was a complete get. Uh, We used stockings. Yes, Sam. Is it the National Lampoon's house with all the lights on? It wasn't the National Lampoon's house. So, Pui. Uh, you've got you've got an open road to try and tie the quiz can you name any and is it to be honest it's a bit tenuous tenuous Uh, but yeah it's it's something that has been shown at christmas uh, but um well i'm i'm gonna go very tenuous here and say baker street (laughs) sherlock holmes no, that I was didn't. high up. That was high up on the chart. Downton Abbey. It's a good. It's a good call. Downton Abbey probably would have would have oh, been good if they'd included it. I the think, office I think tower. Previous in, ones... The office tower in Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> no, you would think that would be worth. It an is a Christmas fortune. film. Uh, number ten. Be... Uh, no, 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 no. Greg's. Okay. So the one they named. The one they named. <laughs> Greg's. <laughs> was Adina Monsoon's absolutely fabulous Holland Park pad, uh, which apparently okay. is worth 3.3 million pounds. Uh, please do survey? check. Please do check uh, the diary page of the EG issue dated uh, 17th of December for all facts and figures. Uh, it came ahead of the McAllister family mansion uh, in Home Alone, which is worth 1.8 okay. million. Okay. Uh, yes, I think so... the diary elf needs to do some fact check- checking next year. I think we're going. We're going to do a bit of an audit. Because uh, that is just rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> Absolute rubbish. Uh, needs must sometimes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so after after that uh, hilarity, Tim, uh, Tim, you you get the bragging rights uh, on Christmas Day. So well done. You get to wear an extra party hat uh, and uh, uh, pull some pull some crackers, uh, hang some baubles, and and don some stockings uh, in celebration. <laughs> uh, and be- before we go, regular listeners and followers of Tim on Twitter will know that his passion for property is exceeded only by his mania for music. So Tim. To get us all in the right mood for the rest of the day, can can you just give us a, a quick uh, uh, track list of your of your your font, your go to Christmas bangers? Well, how many did you ask me for again? Was it I, five? I asked you for five. Let's do five. Let's start. We're going to start with some hip hop. Run DMC, um, Christmas in Hollis, which Classic. if you think you don't know it, you know it because it's playing in the um, in the limo in Die Hard, which is a Christmas film. Um, more traditional, a bit of Frank Sinatra we usually have in, in Burke Towers over Christmas. I'm going to go with Have Yourself uh, a Merry Little Christmas from Old, mm-hmm. old Frank. Um, this Christmas by Donny Hathaway. Back into hip-hop and R&B. Um, Be Thankful by the late, great Nate Dogg. And finally, it's a whole album pick. Um, there's a brilliant Canadian rapper called Mocha Only who does uh, a Christmas-themed album called Martian Christmas every year. And so um, pick five is going to be uh, the 2022 entry entry for that. Fantastic. I'll do uh, your little Spotify playlist and you can uh, you can bung it up as well. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, people can, can tune into that later in the day. And uh, thank you uh, to the three of you for, for spending time. Uh, with me on this Christmas morning to uh, discuss uh, the year in real estate. Thanks to those of you at home, whether you're celebrating uh, Christmas or just enjoying uh, a nice 25th of December. uh, Have a fabulous uh, rest of the day and and indeed a fabulous rest of the year. We'll be back early in the new year with more EG Like Sunday Morning. And I'll just leave you with the big question of the season. Is time maths?